welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my commenting girlfriend, Carol. How you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's August 16th, 1997, and I think I excel at pissing you off before we go <laughs> on the air. Yeah, you, you, you do have a talent for it's it, I gotta the, say. It's one of the few things that I'm really good at. Oh, you're good at a couple other things. <laughs> Just a couple. All right, well, I'll take it. That's all that's all any man really wants to be good at anyway. Um so this week we've got it's my favorite week of the year, he said snarkily, referring to something he fucking hates. I'm narrating my life now. Wow. The Woodward Dream Crew Scarol. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. If you live anywhere near Woodward, if you live anywhere near Royal Oak, it's a fucking nightmare it's a shit show there's i mean like the amount of traffic is insane so i believe this is the official i believe this is the third second or third official year that they're doing it with all the people on the you know on the i don't even know on sidewalk on the Mm -hmm. You know, the median, like, over to the side of Woodward Avenue, selling all their their baubles. Buy this stuff that's 60s-themed or, that's you know, ridiculous. whatever. It's, it's a big nostalgia convention for stuff that's 25 years old and, and older. Or more. Yeah, just so dumb. Yeah, who cares about uh, 25 years ago? Like, come on. It's a fucking traffic jam. That's all it is. Ugh. And, like, Woodward's busy enough without this bullshit. Yeah, I know some people that work at Beaumont Hospital, which is... (laughs) These are some good local references for you people that don't uh, live around us. But uh, they work at Beaumont Hospital, which is right on the other side of Woodward Avenue. And getting to work is just a nightmare. Like, Woodward, just so you understand, has two lanes. of Like, there's one way, a median, and another way. It's yeah. like an eight-lane road. Yeah, it's a divided road. Yeah. It's huge. So just so you understand, it's it's not like we're not just whining here. This is serious shit. And it gets jam-packed. I'm not really a car guy, right. so that's a that's a part of it too. But you know, for every like cool-looking old car there, there's like three station wagons, right? So, but anyway, so up in Pontiac by the Phoenix Center, 5.30 p.m., early cruising, 6.30, local groups entertaining the 5th District, uh, by the 5th District Court Building. Let's see, there's a car show. Uh, Mitch Ryder is going to be there. Uh, what else? Anything cool? Boogie Bri- DJ Boogie Brian. <laughs> the Twist and Tarantulas are playing at Clutch Cargo's. Uh, W-O-M-C, W-O-M-C, 104.3 is going to be there. That's the oldies station. The spinners are going to be there. Down in Birmingham, uh, let's see what's going on down there. There's going to be a, a car display and automotive vendors. by The the Birmingham Theater is going to be playing Grease. That's kind of fun, I guess. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. 104.3. Like, I remember listening to that all the time when I was a kid with my parents. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. their jams. The 50s and 60s stuff. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Taste of Royal Oak at the Royal Oak restaurants. No, nothing. I mean, and then they go down. They go down into Berkeley and Huntington Woods. Uh, but, I mean, nothing nothing that exciting going on there. But, yeah, the, the Woodward Dream Cruise is not... I, so I will often, and you know this, they don't know this, uh, I'll, I'll go and visit friends in other places, in other states. Like uh, I have friends that live in Nevada, I have friends that live in Louisiana, I have friends yeah, that... friends in low places. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Louisiana's quite a low place. <laughs> the major city built uh, below sea level, that's uh, real smart thinking there, right by <laughs> Gulf of Mexico, right. where hurricanes come through. Uh, fingers crossed for all of you in New Orleans that you never get hit by a huge hurricane. Uh, but yeah, so I've got friends that live in a bunch of different places, right? Mm-hmm. And oftentimes I will schedule my vacations to go see those people around the Dream Cruise now. <laughs> like, oh, the Dream Cruise, late, like mid, late August. That's when I'm taking my vacation. Yeah, time to GTFO. Right. Uh, what does that mean? G-T-F-O. Get the fuck out. Oh, that's a good one. Thanks. I just came up with it. Well, how about this? This is something I just came up with. There's a comedy that looks at the gay porn biz. Whoa. Yeah. Making porn, it's called. It's a Broadway style show, right? Mm-hmm. Making porn on stage at 1515 Broadway. Oh. This is a porn Broadway show. So, like, are they having sex and singing on stage? Is that how this is going? Am I getting the right picture here? Yeah, it's just a guy, and as soon as the other guy enters, oh! <laughs> That's how most gay porn goes, I think. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out together. Making porn on stage at 1515 Broadway is further proof that a fella doesn't need to drink, smoke, and go out with girls to have a good time. Just when you were worried that the rich wit implicit in the male porn old film industry was not getting its just due, articulate or artistically speaking, along comes this stage comedy about gay sex films worst uh, worst producer director making porn the theatrical connoisseur will observe is even understated. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know what you just said. That sentence makes no (laughs) sense. Did this author have a stroke halfway through writing this? That writer needs to get fired. Sorry, dude. That is, it does not have an ostentatious costume budget, just some wraparound towels. Very clean. That's good. Hmm. A smart pair of black leather short shorts, cut off jeans with saucy peekaboo horizontal strips across the seat. That's sort of couture. Okay. As drama goes, however, forget it. Playwright Ronnie Larson is deft at what an erotically disinterested viewer might recognize as niche marketing. Making porn is gay fast food. Two quick hours of retching laughs from an intrinsically non-humorous situation. It plays like Max Bialystok's next worst idea after he sold Leopold Bloom on springtime for Hitler. Holy shit. 
that musical romp with Adolf Hitler and Ava in Berksgaben, which is a reference to the producers, a Broadway show created by Mel Brooks, wherein they create the worst play ever because they figure out that if they if they make a bomb, that they'll make a bunch of money on it. I'm curious about this. I think we should see it. It sounds weird. Like I, so it's supposed to. It's a comedy about the gay porn industry, right? Mm, I don't know. Hmm. I mean, I'd be willing to see it. It seems odd. Yeah, it seems different though. Like, I mean, we go to concerts all the time. We haven't. It's been like to Zima. anything like this. It's like Zima. It's something different, <laughs> right? You know what else is something different? What? South Park. Oh yeah, we just watched we watched the premiere episode of South Park. I'm not sure. Like it made me laugh a ton. Like I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, it was funny. But I'm just still not sure if I like it. Like I like it cuz it's funny, but it pulls on that dark part of me. Yeah. And like I don't I worry about, like, children because, you know, you make these animated shows and then you make them raunchy. Like, what if kids are like, oh, cartoon, and they want to sit down and watch it, and then they see, you know, things coming out of kids' butts. (laughs) So it seemed somewhat innocuous to me, but, I mean, I guess a little bit. Innocuous? A little bit. So it's not The Simpsons, which I guess is, you know, whatever they consider the gold standard or whatever for this kind of stuff. Right. The Simpsons is satirical and bent in a, a slight way, but still, and even though they, they use bad words sometimes. You they know, really don't, though. But they, they use suggestive of bad words. Yeah, that's true. But for the most part, it still could be for kids. It's yeah. it's a little more... It's kind of like family-oriented, I suppose. Yeah, it's for everybody. This is not. This no. is more in the in the vein of Beavis and Butthead, I, got, mm-hmm. I guess. Or uh, that Aeon Flux. Do you think they did enough, though, to let people know that? That's my concern. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, mean, I guess you figured it out pretty quick, though. There's a warning <laughs> at the beginning of it, which I think That's is true. kind of funny. <laughs> Where they talk about how that, you know, it's not any person's living or dead. It's it's a big, like, disclaimer, yeah, I guess. a funny disclaimer. Um, you go to hell, you go to hell, and you die. Or no. Yeah? Yeah, that's what yeah. he says. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the show concerns uh, four elementary school students, I, I guess. I think so. In South Park, Colorado. Maybe middle school. I think it was middle school. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But they're, uh, I can't remember all their names, but there's... Cartman. Cartman. Kenny. Yeah, who dies. Yeah. I wonder if he'll be bad. I mean, like, he my seems guess, like a main character. But... My guess is this. They'll do one of two things for comedic purposes. Either it's just funny to them to have a main character die in the first episode, and then he's gone. But I don't think they're going to do that. The thing I think that they actually will do that I think will be kind of funny is if they kill him in every episode. Oh, that would be hilarious. If he dies in every single episode. Yeah, I mean, watching him get killed this episode, like, you just keep thinking he's going to make it and he doesn't. It's like, 
Yeah, and then like like at one point he because he, he gets he gets uh, shot by aliens and then he gets trampled by cows running away from aliens and his buddy. Then he gets run over, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. by the sheriff. Yeah, his buddy comes over. Uh, uh, not Kenny. What's the other one? I don't know. There's Cartman, Stan, Kenny. Yeah, Stan. Kyle. Kyle. Okay. Kyle comes over and he's like, he's dead, Cartman, and he. Pulls his head off his body, and then yeah. rats start coming to eat him. Ugh. Yeah, it goes a little far sometimes. But like when they're on the school bus mm-hmm. and they're like saying "bitch" all the time and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about when uh, Cartman is talking about his cheesy poops? his cats, and he says to his mom, uh, "Kitty's being Ugh. a dildo." Yeah, I didn't like and that. She goes, "I know some kitty kitty that's gonna sleep with mommy." T- that's gross. That's gross. I mean, you don't say something like that in front of your kid. It Ew. was, it was funny to me. I laughed. That was one of my big laugh moments. That was one of my, I can't believe they put this on television moments. So, well, it is on cable. It's on Comedy Central. So that makes a difference. Yeah. You have to have cable in order to see it. And some people haven't leapt into the 80s yet. So they don't have cable. Right. Like your mom. Right. Anyway, so I it's it's interesting. I thought it was really funny, like you. There was a little bit of because there's a lot of farting. Yeah, I don't like the fart. A lot of uh, kind of a little more gross humor, and that's not really my type of Mm. humor. I like more dry humor, sarcasm, stuff like that. Um, but I think it was well written enough. That I'm definitely going to give it another chance. It's oh, yeah. created by two guys named uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker. I think I matched the first names to the last names correctly. <laughs> Good job. You get a cookie. But, uh, yeah, so they, they uh, I guess, are former Mormons. I was reading uh, some some news about that. Well, that makes sense. They've got a lot of repressed uh, anger, probably, that well, they're think, letting out right. here. <laughs> well, I think they're from Colorado, too. So okay. it's like, I, I don't think South Park's a real city. I think they just made that, that yeah. city up. Because there's Park City, Colorado. Hmm. So maybe it's kind of based on that. I don't know. Maybe. Because I'm not sure exactly where they're from. But, uh, yeah, it's it seems it seems interesting that... Isaac Hayes is in the cast as their chef at their school. He's hilarious. And then he just starts singing, like, (laughs) one of his typical, you know, like, romantic Isaac Hayes songs. But totally inappropriate to be singing to a child. I'm gonna make love to you, woman. (laughs) Yeah, inappropriate. But it, I don't know. I I enjoyed it. I definitely want to watch the next episode. Yeah, I mean, we can watch the next episode. I'm just saying, like, eh. I'm torn because of all the gross humor, but it was really fucking funny anyway. It was really good. It's, it, I think it's funnier than The Simpsons is right now. Yeah, well, it doesn't take much at this point. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah The Simpsons is getting a little old. Yeah, they're going to have to stop that shit soon. In almost 10 years right? they've been on the air. Yeah, let it go. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of letting it go, we watched a, a movie today where... Yeah, we almost didn't. Jennifer Aniston needs to let go of her ideals. I don't know. 
We had a whole debate in the theater about what movie to see. In the theater while we were... While and we, I won. While we were in the movie theater? Oh, while we were buying our tickets. What while the we fuck? Were, while we were outside of the theater or whatever. What? In the lobby. Semantics. Does it matter? Yes. Well, we talked about Copland. We talked about Event Horizon. Mm-hmm. I, I later went and saw Event Horizon with my buddy Mike. Because he has to get his way. Well, it's a good... I liked the movie. I wanted to see Jennifer Aniston because I like Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston, friend's own. So we saw Jennifer Aniston in Picture Perfect. And I got to say something. With Jason Moore. Her hair has gotten so much better since the beginning. Like, the beginning of Friends, she had that, like, short, like, I don't know, poofy hair. They called it the Rachel. Yeah. And I got that stupid haircut because I thought it was cool at the time. Uh-huh. But now I want to copy her hair again because it actually looks good. Yeah, I think her hair looks good. In like, it's like a little bit longer. It's layered, but not quite so much. Like, it's it's perfect. <laughs> I want it. It's shiny. Welcome to hair talk. <laughs> Just saying. Her hair looks nice. What about, uh, what about Kevin Bacon's hair? Kevin Bacon looks like a pig. He does. It's so weird. It's he's got a weird nose. That's why. And no, his hair's awful. It's from the eighties. Like he has not updated his look since the eighties, yeah. or maybe even the seventies. It's still footloose time for him, right? I don't. I don't. I don't not like the it. Seventies though. He's not that old. <laughs> I don't know. He was pretty old. But he's not a movie. He wasn't a movie star in the seventies. Just saying, his haircut has never changed. I don't know about never changed, but yeah, I mean, he's, it seems like he's been growing his hair since he got to Hollywood. He, he's got like that feathered, that's 70s hair. It's feathered. I'm not saying it's not 70s hair. And obviously he was alive in the 70s. He just wasn't a star. In the 70s. I think he had that haircut when he started. I think he had that haircut in the 70s before he was known. Well, he, the first, you know, the first, ah, huh. you know, the first big movie that he was in was what it was in 1980. It was. Oh, Friday the 13th. Yeah, he was in the original Friday the 13th. Wow. He gets that Tom Savini arrow head through his neck. (laughs) Really cool. uh, Apparently, the way they do it is they shove the, you know, it's obviously it's fake latex or whatever, but they shove the arrow head through there, and then there's someone with a straw blowing the the blood, so the blood bubbles up, you know? (laughs) Really cool uh, practical effects, but yeah, he was in he was in that he was in the original Friday the Thirteenth, and then obviously he became a household name and Footloose, which I think was eighty four. Was his hair feathered in Friday the Thirteenth? Am I right? His hair was longer in Friday the Thirteenth, yes, and it was probably feathery <laughs> because that you know I mean that nineteen eighties came out. That's you know late seventies style, right? That that was that informed a lot of early eighties stuff. So yeah. So, yeah, I, I I think he's ugly. <laughs> I don't mean to be totally mean here, but no, I do. Don't pull any punches. But, well, no, it's just like people seem to I've think got he's a surpri- hot. I've got a surprise for you, Carol. Surprise guest, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> right. Oh, he's crying. <laughs> I just don't understand. It's like he's supposed to be some kind of fucking sex symbol, and he is not. Yeah. I mean, like in Flatliners. He got together with Julia Roberts. Yeah, he did. And that didn't make sense to me either. <laughs> she would have done better with uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. 
Kiefer Sutton's better looking. Yeah. I'm, Kevin Bacon's less of an alcoholic. <laughs> but, uh, so, oh, and special guest Kiefer Sutton. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Have another drink, Kiefer. Relax. Um, <laughs> so, allegedly. So, um, yeah, well, I said that to you. I said Kevin Bacon's supposed to be her love interest. I don't see him with Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. And well, I, you're right. And I, I don't. But I, I guess her and uh, Jason um, give me more <laughs> makes makes more sense. No pun intended. Is that the blonde guy that she ends up yeah. with? Yeah. Okay. The the evil uh, the evil agent from Jerry Maguire. Oh yeah yeah yeah. You know what's so funny? Like character matters because I didn't think he was attractive in Jerry Maguire at all. Yeah. But he was attractive in this movie, and it's because he was playing a nice guy. Is he attractive because uh, <laughs> one of his big introduction moments is that he literally saves a child's life? Right. Like, they go out of their way to make this a fucking saint of a character. Yeah. He's giving an interview, and he's like, oh, you, 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 you were running out of the church or whatever that was burning, and then you heard a child or whatever, or he just went to look to see that there to make sure there was no one in there. And he found a child by the vending machine. And he's like, and then he jumped out of the third story window and you jumped uh, back first. Why did you do that? And he was like, because I thought that, uh, you know, if we hit the, uh, the ground that my back would break the child's fall. I don't think that it's realistic that he could have gone back back first out of a third story window and only have hurt his arm well he the, it's very subtle but the guy in the the tv that's interviewing him says something like uh you know well, i'd feel shaken up if uh if uh, an awning was the only thing that saved me from like fun. so he must have okay landed on an awning which broke his fall a little bit so like he'd land on the awning maybe the awning held him for a second broke and then he ended up not falling as far. That makes sense. Okay, I'm glad that there was that there was some kind of clarification there. Right, but the the basic plot of this movie is that Jennifer Aniston has been told that if you don't if you don't have crippling debt <laughs> and a heterosexual life mates, then you're not going far in advertising. Yeah, it's so weird. The guy was talking about you need to dress for the job you want, and I thought he was about to criticize her clothes, which I'm looking at her outfit thinking, oh, it's a little young and hip for this crowd, but I didn't Yeah, because really I mean, the, was... the Ileana, whatever, the her her best friend, she dressed a little more conservatively. Yeah, she looked, you know, 80s professional, like right. in a, a, a nice suit coat with right. the shoulder pads. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Jennifer Aniston looked more, you know, New York night. Like I could see Rachel wearing the outfit she was wearing. Right. Not wrong. Not wrong though. It wasn't I'm a bad to say outfit. Not Ross. <laughs> I can't see Ross wearing it. But then he's like, you know, you need to have the house and the husband and mm-hmm. the car and the. It's like what the fuck? Yeah. So it's her whole life, not not just the way she was dressed. You need to live in a, a huge apartment in New York where you inexplicably can afford it. Yeah, I, I don't. I did not like that man. Well, I didn't like him at first, and then like, I don't like what they did with his character. Not because I think that he didn't turn out to be a nice guy, because I think he obviously turned out to be a nice guy at the end. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the character that's presented to us at the beginning of the movie matches the character that we see at the end of the movie. Yeah, 
Agreed. Well, he's kind of, I mean, he goes from like the villain to the saint because in the beginning, yeah. not, not only did he criticize her like that, he also, um, she's the one that came up with their campaign slogan. For this mustard. And they were by even, the way, the, the catchphrase is number two and that ain't bad or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, but they got, you know, what Cindy Crawford, Cindy Crawford in on it, yeah. so that that was that was the main pitch here. Right. But he um shoot, I forgot what I was going to say. So she came oh, up with he, the He didn't invite her to be on the team. Right. Like how do you take her idea and make a team and not have her on it? Well, because she didn't have the stuff. It's such bullshit. And the argument that he makes is ridiculous. Mhm. Cuz he points to Kevin Bacon or whatever. He's like he's not like, "Oh, she's house poor and whatever." And then he's like this not they they all don't make sense, but this one makes my point the best. I think he says to Kevin Bacon, he's like, he, he drives this you know Mercedes or, SL or yeah. or whatever. I co-signed the loan for him, happy to do it because you know I he needs I know he needs this paycheck to keep making payments on that. And he says, and you, you're the only one here that's not encumbered by anything. So you could, you know, why would I entrust you with a big client? When there's nothing stopping you from ta- leaving this job and maybe taking that big client with you to another uh, ad agency, which I guess I understand. Although I would assume, I would assume that when you work, I don't know anything about working in the ad industry, but I would assume that when you have a big job in the ad industry like this, there'd be some sort of contracts that you'd sign, non-compete clauses and stuff like that. Yeah, you can't just steal clients i'm sure you know like because that's like corporate espionage or whatever right um but let's say i apparently we don't live in that world in this movie right (laughs) it doesn't make any sense that if if he's got this crippling debt and he has a big client why wouldn't the other ad company be like we'll give you a bunch more money right and it'll make it easier for you to make these payments on your car if you bring yourself and all your clients over here what like that doesn't make any sense i honestly though the argument makes no sense the kevin bacon thing where he co-signed on his loan makes sense because he kind of you know has his thumb on him in that way i Mm -hmm. guess like he needs him yeah but his broader point was he didn't co-sign on that woman's mortgage no he did not the the broader point that he was making is because you're established or whatever you have this this life that you're supposed to have that you know and i guess that's what the movie's trying to say is that not everyone needs to live the life you know like you're supposed to do or whatever right although they don't they don't go out of their way to make that point really no it's sort of hinted here and there around the movie but that's his point is that you know, I know that they need this job for the money and, and all that stuff. And it's like, but why couldn't another ad company offer them more money? Yeah. Which would help them out. It doesn't, it, his argument doesn't hold any water to me. Yeah, I agree. So she meets this dude at a wedding. And yeah, prior prior to this, the guy we were talking about falling out of a building and stuff. Right. Um, and he's a wedding photographer. and some, Oh, videographer. Videographer, yes. And somehow they get their picture taken together. And how well, did... Because they do one of the weirdest things. I guess they just wanted to skimp on having a yeah. photographer. Cause they got the, these Polaroids. The couples are like, you, there's Polaroid cameras in front of you. Feel free to take pictures. We want you to be our... Wedding photographers, feel free to take pictures all over the place, and you can keep them, you can give them to other guests, you can save them, you know, put them in the book or whatever for us. 
Which is kind of a cute idea. Yeah, I, I liked it. But how did her friend who wasn't at the wedding end up with the picture of the two of them? I don't know. I think that I didn't see their picture get taken together, but I guess, see, he catches the garter. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that makes sense. There'd be a lot of pictures of them together because she caught the bouquet and he caught the garter. And then, well, she gets handed the bouquet. Yeah. Because, you know, poor, poor, attractive young jennifer aniston she's the only single person she's the in this only whole wedding. single one there so just, let's feel very sorry for her and she gets handed the the bouquet there yeah somebody literally pushed her out there too that was so awful so yeah so i i, I guess she just brought a picture of him back maybe showed it to her friend maybe maybe she was like hey check out this hottie right whatever yeah jay moore hottie <laughs> Check out this 1992 season Saturday Night Live reject. So while she's pissed off and, and has left, her friend shows the boss the picture of the two of them and says, oh, she's marrying him. She's engaged to this guy. And so he... She, she basically makes up the life that she knows the boss wants her to have. Right. And so then he he gives her a promotion. And he doesn't tell her. He tells her friend. Like... Her friend is the one telling her about this. I think that's weird. Well, her friend's like a manager or something. Her friend is uh, above her in, okay. the, in the company. Okay. I guess it's not that weird then. And she says, yeah, she says, he asked uh, if you have any nice dresses he hasn't seen at the office or whatever. She's like, what's that mean? It's like, are you an adult? <laughs> How do you not know what that means? Like, yeah, buy a new dress. Yeah. Which she does, which is a stunning dress. Yeah, she looked really good. She did. Um, although, like, I, I haven't, I, I, I have not found Jennifer Aniston that attractive throughout the course of her friend's career so far. Uh huh. Just you know, she's not, she's not really my type or whatever. Mm-hmm. But she was good looking in this movie. Yeah. Well, and this dress is very eye catching. It's bright green, like lime green, like kind of. Uh, I don't know. You could see it in an eighties club. Anyway, it's an '80s heavy episode. Uh, episode? Yeah, of of this of our oh. show. We're referencing the '80s a lot. So she has a crush on Kevin Bacon. This For was some a, reason. This was established. Like she wants to be with him. She also he, has a pet teacup pig. I don't know if there's any any, <laughs> <laughs> any correlation there. No, I'm just joking. She doesn't. And he says that um, she, he he likes bad girls, and she's too much of a good girl for him, or something. That's what he says. Yeah. So. At this party, she walks in in this dress, which, by the way, I, I mean, while she looked really good, I felt like it was a little inappropriate for a work event because it showed a lot of boob. Yeah. She did also say, she's like, I don't know what happened. I can't do her voice. Yeah, she's you know. like, when I, there was more dress when I left the store. Yeah. <laughs> you guys. Yeah, I don't, she's got that weird, like, voice. Where she, you, know, you know her voice. Yeah. So Kevin Bacon sees her in this outfit and now thinks that she's engaged. Right. And he comes on to her and takes her out. And then they end up in bed together. And they have sex. As she describes to her mother later, the dirty kind. (laughs) That's so weird. It's such a weird thing to say to your mom. She has a very unhealthy relationship with her mother. Well, her mom, yeah, it doesn't remind me of anything. Her mom calls her. Her mom calls her constantly. Yeah. And... Is like, uh, what are you doing? Her mom's played by Olympia Dukakis, who is just an absolute treasure of an actress. She is. And they look so much alike. Like, they really yeah. look like mother and daughter. I could see it. I could definitely see it. But she, uh, she's 
like screaming at her and everything. She's like, where were you? I didn't know where you were. And, you know, I called your place and everything. And she's like. Well, uh, back it up, though, that Jennifer Aniston fucking do, called. Do, do. She called her from Kevin Bacon's apartment mm-hmm. in the morning to prevent her mother from figuring out that she wasn't in her house. Oh, yeah, yeah, because I guess they have a morning call routine. I mean, how weird is this? Like, she's an adult person. <laughs> okay. What she tries to say, she's like, I'm 28 years old and whatever, and she's like, ah. Yeah, her mom's at her apartment when she gets home. She's like, I'm 54. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Yeah, and then she's like, I had sex. I had sex, mommy. Right. It's such a weird conversation. Yeah, it was It was really weird. It was a very weirdly written scene. Yeah. And she's and like she says, the dirty kind. Yeah. And then Olympia Takakis is like, okay, no more of that. You know, and she hugs her and everything. She's crying and stuff. And she goes, now tell me the truth. <laughs> yeah, because she doesn't believe she got laid. Like, I guess. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. The whole thing's weird. So then she lies to her. And says that Jay Moore is her life mate. Yeah. Which, you know, it's all working out fine. Her mom's happy, works happy, but then they want to meet him. Well, after he becomes a hero for saving a child that's yeah. all over the news. Yeah, they, they're like, we want to meet this hero. So she goes to him and offers him a $1,000 to pretend to be her fiance and break up with her. Yeah. Which, like, he's not a prostitute. <laughs> he's not a male escort. Yeah. It seems a little weird. And he listens to all that. And then he's just like, uh, I was actually planning to get your number and call you and ask you out on a date. So I will happily go have dinner with you and your friends. Mm-hmm. You don't need to pay me. But she's like, no, I'm going to pay you. Because this is a business transaction, and you need to get in a fight with me yeah. that makes you look like a complete asshole. So he comes to stay with her, and like she treats him like absolute garbage the she, entire it's, time. It's funny because she's supposed to be the hero, I guess, of the movie. I think he's the hero of the movie. But she does. She really is. Because she, she gives him this dossier on herself. Mm-hmm. Learn all this shit about me and everything. And then at one point he goes, uh, what about me? And she's like, what do you mean? She, he goes, don't you think that you should learn some stuff about me? And she's like, oh, you're not getting it. This is the made up you. Yeah. Like, I don't need to know anything about you. <laughs> I just made you up. This is, you can just be this made up person. It's awful. And, like, she, when he's just gotten there, she leaves him for hours because Kevin Bacon's all upset and calls her and, like, wants to meet for a drink. She says she'll be gone an hour, and she just leaves him forever. Yeah. To the point that he comes and tracks her down. Yeah. And finds her with Kevin Bacon all drunk. Mm. It's funny because they try to make Kevin Bacon a nice guy, too. Do they? I mean, sort of, because, like, as he points out, the second time they have sex, she's asleep. And... He's talking. He doesn't know she's sleeping. And so we just get to yeah. hear it. And he basically says that he only dates women that are married or have boyfriends because it's easier for him because he knows, you know, no commitments and stuff like that, which is a fucking shitty thing to do. Mm-hmm. But, no. but, uh, what? It's, it's. Whoa, 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 wait, wait a second. Why is that okay? No, I'm not saying, I'm saying it's not a fucking shitty thing to do. For him, because that's what he wants. I mean, like, 
He wants no commitment, and obviously these women who he's sleeping with don't care. So I don't know that it's a shitty thing. It's a shitty thing these women are doing to their men. I don't think that he's shitty. I, you could make it. You could make an argument, I guess, one way or the other. But anyway, I, I don't think it's nice to facilitate affairs either. Okay, to be the cheater or the cheaty or whatever. But anyway, so he he tells her that he likes that when they're together, it's like she's not engaged because she's not right. He, she hasn't even she hasn't even proposed this idea to Jay Moore yet at this point. Uh, and that it's like, it's just them. And he likes that and everything. He finds out she's asleep. He's like, okay, my reputation's intact or whatever, I guess. Yeah. And he like, at one point he's, he's like, he's like kind of actively rooting for their relationship and stuff too. So like they, they really make, they really make him like kind of a nice character too. He, I mean, he's a, He's a fine character, I guess. I mean, it seems like... To me, he just seems slimy because he only wants her once she's engaged. Yeah, I guess. And he didn't seem that great otherwise. Yeah, well, you know, he's also not attractive to you, so... <laughs> that makes a huge difference, I'm yeah, sure. I guess. So, yeah, she lands the big mustard account. And, oh, the one guy from the mustard company, the one owner of the mustard company... Comes up with just a great advertising campaign where there's a model. doesn't have to be nude because of the way that they would, they would show her around. Oh, yeah, this is awful. Around the bottle or whatever. I'll leave that up to the experts, he says. But it would be implied that she's nude. You just can't see any of her parts because they're covered up by the bottle. bowl of mustard. Yeah, the bowl of mustard. And it just says whatever, Goodens or whatever the fuck the name of the mustard's called. Yeah spread it. It's awful. Awful. One of the most fucking suggestive, like, I mean, that would not make me want to eat mustard. No. Not at all. Equating it with what comes from your nether regions. Yeah, that's not something I want to slather on my hamburger. No. Yuck. So... They're going through all this. I'm surprised that he didn't suggest there be a, a hot dog somewhere in, the, oh, in wow. that commercial yeah. either. That makes sense. Um, oh, my God. So, like I said, the, the whole time she treats him like crap, doesn't care about him. Yeah. And then it's time for them to go to this dinner and break up. And he's like, I don't want to break up. He's like, you know, I could just come down every weekend. Like you're already telling people. And we could just see where it goes. You can always break up with me whenever. Right. She's like, no, absolutely not. We got to do it now. And then, like, he's trying to fight against it. And she's written a fucking script. She's, like, crazy. And she is so desperate to make this happen. She goes and asks the maitre d' to call her on her cell phone. Mm Mm-hmm. And then pretends that it's some woman he's been cheating on her with. Oh, that's how you know she's fancy, by the way. She's got one of those big cell phones. Right. <laughs> I don't know how that purse contained that big phone. Um, and, like, she ends up yelling at him about that, and, like, act, they break up that way. Mm-hmm. And then he finally gives her the performance she wanted, and he's like, yeah, it's because, you know, you have a mistress, too. It's all about your work and, right, right, right. you know, trying to make it, like, what she wanted it to be. But he... he- 
portrays himself as a complete asshole. Yeah. For her. Yeah. And it's like, they all thought he was a hero and stuff. And it's like, it's, you know, it's really shitty to do that to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They could have broken up under different circumstances later. Like he said. So then her and Kevin Bacon are together. Uh huh. And she says that she broke it off. And he's like, all of a sudden he's pulling back. Yeah. And she's like, what the fuck? And she's like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm leaving or whatever. And she goes to leave, and he elbows her in the eye hmm. on accidents. I know what that's like. He did the same fucking thing to me once. Yeah, we weren't at the door, but yeah. No. No, but he elbowed me in the eye, and I got a fucking bone spur mm-hmm. that it took forever to go away. It's like a chip came out of one yeah. of your orbital bones. Yeah, it was not good. Yeah, it was It was a, a, a Very bad painful. accident. But yeah, and people thought like, you know, oh hey, you know, if you need if you need some help, you can always let us know. Yeah. Well, and in the movie, when when her boss sees what happened, he's like, This guy is out of your life, right? Like yeah. he, we, I hope you understand that none of us want to see him again ever. Like right. Yeah, and it's like it's weird because that like I thought more was gonna come out of that. But why? It, it I don't know, just I thought I thought more was going to come out of. I don't understand why they need why they needed her to get elbowed, because like after the performance at the restaurant, I think their their reaction could be the same, yeah. and it would be believable. So I, don't I know. guess I mean like one of one, the one guy said, you know, it's one thing when you're or the girl, it's one thing when you're married, but it's another thing when you're single to cheat. To cheat. Yeah. So I mean, it sounds like they might not be so judgmental on the cheating. I guess. Um, but, but yeah, so so. They absolutely hate him now. Yeah. But then, you know, he redeems himself to her because, again, she talked about herself and told him a story from her childhood about how her dad got her this Cinderella watch and that she knew that was special and then her dad left and that she wished she'd taken better care of it so she still had it. So he left her the $1,000 in an envelope with the Cinderella watch. Right. So and, now all of a sudden she decides I'm gonna I, I should be a nice person. Yeah, so she sees it in this moment when she's at work with these people and she's just like tells them the truth and she's like, I'm gonna go clean out my office and her boss doesn't fire her, so I guess he's a nice guy because he doesn't fire her. Well her boss is like, you know, why don't you take the next couple of days off? Like he's gonna keep her on the yeah. ad camp and she gets everything she wants. Yeah. He's like, Oh, you know, why don't you take the next couple of days off? Maybe go up to uh Massachusetts, which is where yeah. Jay Moore lives. And so he's, you know, like... I mean, that's nice. Yeah, and, and I suppose that's what he's trying to do. Like I said, the, the to me, the, the two characters are not the same yeah. person. I don't know if it's just because he got to know her better or, or what. I mean, she still is. And that's the thing, is having a relationship like that, to me, that could be more of a distraction. Yeah. It seemed like she was better focused in work when she didn't have any of this going right? on. Right. So I don't know. Just the whole his whole argument makes no sense to me. But she does go and ruin somebody else's wedding. Yeah, it was fucking crazy. And nobody would react like you said. Nobody would react like that. She comes into the wedding to talk to him, and he's like, "Get out of here! I don't want to talk to you. I'm working." And the preacher gets to the you know, does anyone have any objections thing? And she just screams no <laughs> because she's trying. She's telling Jay Moore no. Yeah. But everyone looks at her. The to, the actor and the actress 
that were the married the the couple getting married, I thought did a really good job because it's just it's understated performance but it was really funny where she's just like, Is there anything you want to tell me, Daniel? <laughs> and he's like, I've never seen that woman before in my life. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was and, pretty funny. And you know, so she goes and talks to Jay Moore, and they're all listening and everything. The whole wedding ceremony's like paused while they're listening to their conversation. The thing to me is she still doesn't know anything about this dude. Yeah. Like they could. So I don't know why she loves him so much other than the story she's heard. I well, mean, he has been super nice. Yeah, to he's her. been super nice and accommodating. Like he got on the phone and then his conversation with her mom. And- right. But like, you know, they could go out on their first date and he could be like, oh, you know, I, I uh, am a member of the white nationalist party. <laughs> Or I'm into, uh, you he know, is, bondage. He's blonde haired uh, and blue eyed. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, I'm, I I think that they'll, they'll work out because, you know, that's what we're supposed to believe. Right. And I guess she gets everything she wants. Yeah. But, and it's so funny, too, because it's like she gives in her little impassioned speech where she says, like, I think I didn't believe in my talent enough to, or whatever that my talent wasn't worth as much as living the life everyone thought I should live in this little box with the marriage and the kids and the house and, and stuff like that. Like she was kind of rebelling against that mm-hmm. in her little speech, but she's going towards that anyway. Yeah. It's weird. And I mean, I guess, I don't know. It. Most people did go that way. The marriage, the kids, the yeah. house and stuff like that, which is fine. And some people don't, which is also fine. Everyone can do what they want to do. I think most of us have an innate drive to create a family and and that kind of stuff. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And the people that don't have that drive and don't want to do that, I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. Like Kevin Bacon. Right. But it's weird because the movie seems to be presenting Jennifer Aniston in the way of like, I'm rebelling against this. This isn't what I want to be. But then she ends up going towards it anyway. So it's like, I don't know. It's weird. Well, I mean, when she, when the movie starts, she's like, "I'm just gonna be single," and blah 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 blah, and like, oh, because she goes on a date, a blind date with somebody Olympia Dukakis set her up with, yeah, and they're making out in her apartment. This is how we were introduced to this character, by the way. They're making out in her apartment, and he says, "Like, hey, we don't need a condom because uh, um, I've I've been tested negative for everything, and I got really good control." <laughs> And she just kicks him out. She's like, right. okay, we're done. Get out. Mm-hmm. And so then she's out. She's going to be single, which like, I think every woman goes there at some point when yeah. like things aren't working out. So I don't know that she's necessarily like for her whole life been like, oh, I'm not going to do that stuff. I think she's just feeling disillusioned. Yeah. I mean, I guess <clears throat> I just, I don't know what the, I don't know what the movie's point of view on this stuff is. Hmm. It's muddled. Okay. It, I so I liked the movie in general. I do think that there are some things like that where it could have been a brighter through line, a more vibrant or taking a stand on something. Okay. I'd like I'd love to see a romantic comedy where the the ultimate the ultimate conclusion and thought process is I don't need this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't need uh, you know, a husband, I don't need the family, you know, I don't need the stuff to to feel whole as a person. I don't know exactly how you write that artfully 
to where it, it works out in the mm-hmm. end, to where it to where it's a a uh, satisfying conclusion for the audience. But I'd love to see one that takes that hard stance on a different type of person. Because so many romantic comedies are populated by people who want the marriage and the kids and, and all that stuff. Which, like I said, I think is probably the majority of the population, and that's cool. But I think the other people should get their romantic comedy, too. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't know exactly what that looks like. But I just don't, I think this movie flirted with ideas of that, but didn't fully go there. Yeah. I can see that. Especially, like, with him being a wedding videographer and stuff, there was, you know, something there, too. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, that, that would be, if I had a complaint about the movie, that would be my one I wouldn't complain. Other than that, it was it was funny. I laughed uh, several times, and it was um, it was engaging. And uh, you know, I, the the acting did a lot. Jay Moore has never been my favorite actor in the world. I, I don't dislike him or anything, but he was very uh, charming in this. And, and obviously, Jennifer Aniston's always very charming. Right, she is. I love her. And you know, Kevin Bacon acts through his his nose and. It's okay. <laughs> Kevin Bacon, we love you, okay? It's it's no no offense to you. So yeah, I think oh, it's a fine actor. <laughs> I mean you've got to be a great actor to overcome that. Right. But no, I think it's a I think it's a movie worth seeing for sure. You could wait for it to come out because it's not Yeah, I mean it's, it's not like enhanced by being seen on the big screen, but it's a good movie. It's worth seeing. I I, I think it's worth going to the theater to see it. I agree with you. I don't think that, you know, you need to. But I, I, I think it's if you're looking for a fun date night for you and your, your significant other, I think it's it's a good one to go to. But that, Carol, yawning Carol, is the episode. <laughs> so you can write us at latefee1994 at AOL.com. Mm-hmm. Let us know your thoughts on this. Yeah. Um, you can check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com. Yep. And tell tell your friends. Yeah, tell your friends. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.